You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. Hey, man, how are you guys doing tonight? You know, for me, it's really an honor to be up here and even to have chi leaders before I even start my lesson. But I got to say that it's really humbling because before I even got here, I was terrified. I was really scared. And I had to pray and I said, God, you lift me up. Help me stay up there. <laughs> and that's what it's about tonight. Tonight is not even about me. Tonight is it's the continuation of one of the classes that we've been doing. We've been working in a series. And if you're visiting us here for the first day, we've been studying a book called The Prideful Soul's Guide to Humility. So now you know why it makes more sense what I'm saying about people cheering for me and wanting to hear from me. Because I'm like, woo, I could be humble today. But the reality is that what I want to show you tonight is what God prepared in my heart, what God showed me about humility, and hopefully it could impact your heart too. It's a beautiful thing, it's a confusing thing, but, um, but, I, but let's go in prayer. Let's go to God. Dear Heavenly Father, you already start humbling me here with the papers falling. But Lord, thank you for every person that is here tonight, God. Even as I study the scriptures, I learned that nothing in heaven happens and in earth as a coincidence, God. You're a purposeful God and you have every brother and sister and friend here tonight for a purpose, God. And I just pray that you move me out of the way and you use me as a tool to speak to the thirsty hearts that people have here tonight, God. For those that know it and for those who, doesn't, who don't know it yet, I pray that your scriptures could really speak to them, Lord. So I love you, and we pray these things in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> if you missed the first three weeks of this lesson, <laughs> let me tell you, the brothers... You know, the presenters, the preachers, started with a humbling story in their lives. Something that happened to them that it was really humbling. I remember DK sharing. I remember Stephen sharing that. So I was thinking about myself, like, can I share a humbling story with everybody to continue the tradition? But I found a story that really represents my class for tonight. Because my story, I don't know if it's about humility... I don't know if it's about me being assertive. I don't know if it was about me just being prideful and dumb. But it's a story that almost got me shot. I almost got shot. And this happened a couple of years ago. I still remember. It was a Monday. Because the day before, they gave me a chance to preach in my local church. And I was in the phone with now my wife. Back then, she was my girlfriend. So I'm on the phone, and I didn't want to go inside my house, because once I go inside my house, once I park, everybody wants to talk to me. So I wanted to have that time with my girlfriend. So I sit on my car, and I'm parked on the street. 
All of a sudden, one of my neighbors shows up, knocks my window, and he's like, and I'm like, hey, what's up? He's like, hey, that's my parking spot. And I'm like, whoa, I'm 24, and I'm getting punk again, like when I was in middle school? Like, I'm like, I'm 24, I'm here, and the other neighbor asked me before to move. I don't think I'm moving again. So all this stuff is happening through my head so fast. And I'm like, I'm not going to move. Who, who do, you know, this street is a public street. So, so, so I, I don't say anything, and he's like, this is my house. Look, I got cameras up there. And inside my head, I'm thinking, who cares if you have cameras or not? You didn't pay for this. And this is what comes out of my mouth. I'll think about it. <laughs> so, just to give you a picture of how he looks like. He looks like one of the brothers here. Well, he's, he's big, you know, and... Well, I won't point the brother, but, but he's like 6'1", probably 260 pounds. So he's a big guy. And he was, you know, holding his little girl. And he's like, you're going to think about it? All right. So he takes his little girl inside the house. And I'm telling my girlfriend, okay, babe, let me hang up. I'll call you later. <laughs> so, so I put my phone away. And I start driving towards the place that he told me to go park. So, and, and as, as I'm moving, he's like, where are you going? Where are you going? I'm parking over here where you asked me to do. You know, I'm parking where you told me to park. No, no, don't move, don't move. I'm like, this guy's weird. <laughs> so he goes and approaches me. I get off my car and I'm thinking quick. I'm like, okay, the only advantage I have, I was working out back then, so I was a little bit in shape. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, as soon as he starts swinging, I could just move, get him tired. Once he's tired, I could just push him, right? <laughs> so, so he's in my face, so he's right, right here, right here. So he's screaming, and he's like, who do you think you are? Don't you know, I used to run the streets. Now that you grow up, and you think that you were better than me, or what? And it's true, like I grew up on the street, so I knew him, he knew me growing up. <laughs> So I'm like, man, honestly, I don't know what I said, but I'm sorry that if I offended you. He's like, oh yeah, oh, you think that you're this and that. Let me tell you what, I'm glad you, why did you move? I was going to shoot your car. I was like, wow, I was close to get shot. <laughs> so he, I'm just looking at him on the eye because I'm like, as soon as I look away, he might get more offended and try to hit me or something. So I'm just looking at him and I'm listening for the next five minutes. <laughs> and by the way, I had a friend coming to study the Bible. So he's listening to this whole thing happening. And he's like, whoa, what's going on over there? So I look at him and I'm like, oh, I'll be over there in a second, okay? <laughs> so then, finally, I think he realized that I was not going to fight back or something. And... For some reason, I was not afraid. At the moment, I was just not scared. And, you know, he finally starts walking back. And I don't know why I said this, but I'm like, hold on, hold on, give me a second. 
He's like, don't make me come back because if I come back, you're going to get it. And I'm like, okay, don't come back, you know. <laughs> just, just let it be. So then as I'm walking back home, I'm thinking like, wow, this just happened right now? And believe it or not, it was quite of a dramatic story. I remember it helped me to share my faith with my friends studying the Bible because I was like, you know what? If you have God with you, you don't have to be afraid of people. You know? Because that's what I had preached the day before. But as the days went by, I literally had nightmares with them. I had nightmares where I wanted to like, invite them to come here. But I couldn't. One time I had a dream where God was telling me, go knock his door and invite him to church. And I was thinking, I don't think I can. So I started thinking, maybe I should send him a letter or something. <laughs> so, but the, but the truth is that it was really confusing because I don't know if I was being prideful or I was really fighting for my rights. Because I have the right to park on the street. Thank you. I don't know if I was being foolish or I was taking a stand for something I wouldn't have done when I was in middle school. So this whole topic of humility, I feel like it really resounds in this story because sometimes we're so confused. We're like, what is humility? Was I being an arrogant, prideful guy? Or was I being confident or dumb at all? Now I'll tell you what happens now. He can see me. When I go visit my parents, I can park on that spot. When people come visit me, I make sure that they don't park there. So hopefully things get better. But I don't know if you could relate. Maybe not in getting shot, but being in situations where you feel like, I don't know if I'm being prideful or arrogant in my job, with my family, maybe with people in this room. That you're like, hey, I got my rights. And I read the Bible and they're not doing what they're supposed to do. So this is what the class is about tonight. Really learning what the Bible really, I guess the spirit of the Bible says about humility. Because it's kind of confusing. So within that, let's jump into the book. To define one of the hardest questions to answer. What is humility? And the book was kind of clever because it really didn't answer what is humility. It actually told us what humility is not. So the book says that humility is not passiveness. Humility is not a coward. Humility is not to become a dormant. Humility is not a pious act. Something that we just do religious, you know, as a religious person. It's not foolishness. True humility, that's what the book says, is full of wisdom. It takes heart and faith. It's heroic. And bears good fruit. So when I put uh, my story through this filter of what the book is defining as humility, I'm like, man, I don't think it meets the standard, you know? No good fruit has come out of that story. And I think that's 
where we need God to help us. Because there's things that are beyond us and things that we cannot do. So now, I felt, honestly, after I read the chapter, I felt like, okay, I understand what true humility is, but it was not good enough for me. I needed like a deeper definition. So when you need something, when you need answers, where did you guys go? We Google stuff, right? So guess what? I found what I was looking for. So I found this definition in one of the websites, and it reads, What is humility? A sense perspective about oneself and one's real value instead of a perceived fantasy or promotion-based value. It was awesome when I saw humility and I put it next to value. When you think about humility and you think about, oh, what is humility? Humility is to see yourself for who you really are. Humility is to see others for what they really are value. Humility is to really understand God's value. I thought that was awesome. It really inspired me to say, you know what? Let me study humility in a deeper way. Don't we think that most people that are arrogant, they don't have a self-understanding of themselves? They think more than what they are? So, I was like, yeah, I love this definition. You know, I love this definition. But I realized that this is my everyday battle. To realize my real value, to realize the value of you guys. And to remember how much God is worth it as well. I forget. And you know when I forget the most? When I hit the 405, when I hit the 10 freeway. Because at that time when I'm going to work, I don't care about your value. I got to get to work because I'm going late. When I'm at the store and I got to pay and I need to get where I need to get, what I care about is just me. I need to hustle and I need to get out of there. But when it comes to deeper relationships, you know, it's tough when you don't value those people around you. And I had a story to share with you guys. There was a brother in the singles ministry that, kidding you not, he took the record for complaining the most about everything in the singles ministry. See, before I even say anything, they already know who he is. We had a plan for something, and he will be like, no, 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 no. I was like, I haven't even told you the plan. Oh, that's true. He will complain about every single sister. Maybe you complain about one, but he will complain about everything. Hey, bro, we want to sit together so they see the unity in our group. No, 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 no. They used to do that back in the days, and I don't like it. Everything. But you know what happened to him? God had to take him really far away from here. He went all the way to North Dakota. 
And there was nothing but drills and guys over there. And snow. When he came back, the two, three weeks that he was here, let me tell you, he was the first one at midweek. He couldn't wait for Sunday. He was not taking one sister in dates, but he was taking three, four sisters in dates. Why? Because I think he really understood the value of what God had offered him here. But what it took him, it was a journey. And you might say, hey, I forget sometimes too the definition of humility. I forget to be humble in my life. And I don't see it. I don't see the value. Well, I have good news. Because now I'm going to take you to chapter 8. Well, I forgot the scripture. But let me tell you what God thinks about you. Since you are a precious and honor in my sight, and because I love you, I will give you, I will give people in exchange for you. Nations in exchange for your life. That's what God thinks about you. It's a little bit out of topic because I got ahead of it, but you could write it down and meditate in the mornings. So, if you forget about the definition of humility, God will not forget. That's chapter 8. God's work in humbling us. God has a way to remind you how much you're worth it. God has a way to remind you how much you value. He has a way to remind you how much the people around you are value. He has a way to remind you how much He is value. And that process, I came out with my own word, it's called humilification. And you could Google it too and you could find it. And this is the definition I found when I Google it. What is humilification? It's a pathway to hope and peace and wholeness. It doesn't discount the brokenness. It accepts it, accounts for it, pays for it, and brings healing to it. It creates that sad, repentant space characterized by humility. Where all healing can begin, where hope can once again begin to grow. And it offers wholeness in return. Isn't that beautiful? That God is working in our lives to humble us. To remind you that you could be whole in the way that He sees us. Not in the way that you might see yourself or you might see others. But God is working to help us see things the way He sees things and bring healing. Don't we want that in our lives? Don't we want that in the lives of those around us? I would love that on my neighbor. Well, I think I messed it up pretty bad. And he wants that for our church. Wholeness in return. Now, there's a story in the Bible. There are many stories in the Bible, but this is the one the book uses to show the process of humilification in someone's life. And you can write it down is from chapter 37 to chapter 50. And who in here has read the story of Joseph? Almost everybody here. That's why I'm not going to read it because I'm like, they already know it by memory. But I have a video for you guys. You guys want to see it? Yeah. All right. Here we go. 
So Jacob goes on from there to have 12 sons, big family. But Jacob loves his 11th son, Joseph, way more than all the others. So he gives him the special technicolor dream coat, and his brothers, Joseph, <laughs> come eat. So much so that they plan on. But you know, they instead just sell him the slave down in Egypt. Now, while in Egypt, through this crazy series of events, Joseph goes from being in a prison cell to becoming the second in command there. And so later on, the, the whole Middle East falls into this food shortage. And Joseph's brothers, they come down to Egypt looking for food. And then when they get there, who should they find as the ruler of the whole land? It's Joseph, that guy they sold into slavery. But he actually saves them from starving them. And so here you have it. These are the great-grandchildren of Abraham who have done this heinous act to their brother. But God has transformed their evil into something good. And that's exactly what Joseph says here in the last paragraph of the entire book. He says, you guys planned all of this for evil, but God planned it for good to save people's lives. That's great, huh? How cool is that? That was probably like 60 years of suffering summarized in a minute. Man, you might have gone through a really hard time yourself too. Or you, you perhaps are going through that right now yourself. Who doesn't go through that? And it's interesting to even think about it. That later it will be summarized in few sentences. Isn't that amazing? But the thing that when you think about something that won't be summarized in sentences is God's work in you. The plan that He has for you. It's amazing how you have to go through the humilification process to be where God wants you to be. To see things the way He wants you to see. I know I probably share this story too many times, but I never get bored to share this. You know, <clears throat> Stephen, he sent me a message saying, hey, would you like to preach next week? And I was like, hey, it will be an honor, a privilege to preach. But I not always felt like that. Like, hey, what an honor to be in front of you guys. What an honor to preach. That heart only gets obtained through the process of humilification. I remember, you know, I got baptized in the singles ministry, but then I went to campus ministry, and I had a lot of dreams, I have a lot of ideas. But with those dreams and ideas, there was a lot of pride in my heart too. You know, because it wasn't really about Jesus. It was about Jesus, but it wasn't about Jesus and God. It really was about me using God and Jesus to look good. So, you know, I remember I will be hustling, helping people become Christians, but not because I really understood. It was more because, hey, you know, I like the sister over there. You know, it looks good if I bring some people around. Or I want to be in the ministry, and the ministry requires me for me to, you know, to look good. And, oh, the next conference is coming up. They're going to ask my ministry, how's your ministry doing? Awesome! <laughs> But it was all this egocentric thing inside my heart. 
until one day I literally ended up homeless. I have no place to live and I remember ending up just in a ministry where they took me in. I was not leading, I wasn't doing anything. And I remember the first time they took me in, it was a survival talk assistant for Eddie Moreno. And I felt like that was a part of the process of humiliation in my life. Because Eddie despised my arrogance, despised even, you know, they asked me, hey, do you want to lead the Spanish ministry? And I remember saying three times, no. You know, I want to do things my way for you, Jesus. You know, so just to be raised by Eddie was like humbling in the sense of, wow, I say no and there's someone willing to love me and still believe in me. And it was just God continuously like raising me up and lifting me up. I remember later on, they're like, hey, would you like to lead the singles ministry in MLA? I'm like, awesome. But there was no singles ministry back then. <laughs> I remember Olympia one time, I was leading with her. She was telling me, hey, I don't have women to lead. And they telling me that I'm leading a ministry. <laughs> but I understood that if God wants you there, He will lift you up. And I remember one time I made it to the core leadership of the singles. And they're like, you're in. And everybody's going to make a difference here. There's a, comp- there's a retreat coming up. And you'll get a chance to participate. Make sure you bring a DVD. You know, people, other people got to preach, to teach classes, and do other stuff. But I went there and I brought the best DVD back then. I think it was Spider-Man, because Star Wars was now. Okay. <laughs> but then, to be here tonight, it's like God. It's not because of how smart I am, how charming I am. It was God himself, who was like, hey, listen, there's no much in you but I'm going to show you how much you're valued. And I'm sharing that story, and you can see that. That's actually a scripture in the Bible, because you might be going through those difficult times and those difficult situations, but God wants to use you for great things. Great things. And I know a lot of us know this story, but perhaps I could tell you one thing you don't know about this story. And if you know it, I'll give you a gift card to Starbucks. (laughs) You probably don't know the final words of Joseph's dad, Israel, to him before he died. Before he died, Israel, Joseph's father, told him some beautiful things to Joseph that I wanted to share with you guys tonight. Because if there's something you could take with you, it's those words. Because you know, before someone passes away, before someone dies, those words that they say, they mean a lot. And these were the final words that Joseph got to hear. Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near spring, whose branches climb over a wall, 
with bitterness, archers attacked him. They shot at him with hostility. But his bow remained steady. His strong arms stay limber. Because of the hand of the mighty God of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helps you, because of the hand of the mighty God, oops, because of shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of the father God who helps you, because of all the mighty who blesses you, who blesses you of the heavens above, blessings of the deep of the lies below, blessings of the breast and womb. It's a beautiful poem. It's so beautiful. The book uses a quote to summarize it. And it actually says, Jacob honored his son for recognizing his needs for God and allowing God to help him. Joseph apparently allowed the experience of his life to teach him that. While life does not usually work out the way we thought it would. Yeah. God never stopped blessing us. Joseph was humbled by life. But that led him to look into the Almighty and not to himself for blessings. Isn't that a beautiful quote from the book? So I was thinking even as we close tonight, why don't we read the scripture together? You guys want to read it together? But this is what we're going to do. Instead of saying Joseph, we're going to put your name in there. Because if you have studied the Bible... These are the promises that Jesus has for you. But if you haven't studied the Bible, these are the promises that He has for you tonight. You know, talk to the person who invited you and you'll find out that this is what God has for you. So let's read them together. Ready? So on the line, just say, I am. Okay? One, two, three. I am a fruitful vine. A fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over the wall with bitterness. Awesome. So you guys could write this scripture, and when you're down, when you don't know what to do in that humiliation process, remember that true humility is understanding your value. And really, your value will come from reading scriptures like this that remind you that there's a higher purpose for the things you're going through. Thank you so much. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.